Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse Planners. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. I got a sermon. It's got really a strange title, The Wrong Man with the Right Stick. Now, what does that mean? God has been preparing you to be the right person to shine his love and power. All you have to do is keep right with him. There's a person in the Bible, he was the wrong man, but he had the right stick. Call a friend, tell him to turn that television on, get a pencil and a piece of paper, and take some notes. You're going to learn something today. And it's amazing what God will do for each and every one of us if we just listen, if we just obey. It is so simple that you need a good theologian to help you misunderstand it. Watch this. The wrong man with the right stick. If you got your Bibles today, would you turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4? I've been waiting to preach this message for quite about two or three years ago. I spoke this to my staff maybe four years ago. And um, I want to deal with this. I'll give you the title of the message in just a minute. I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 4. And I love Elisha, the prophet. Was he like Elijah in two ways? Elijah, the Tishbit. Oh, there's no record of his mother. Or his father neither. That doesn't mean he didn't have one. <laughs> Intellectual activity, boy, I tell you, range of research. And Dr. Reed has messed up a lot of theologians. And I want to talk about Elijah. Elijah was a very impressive man. People noticed him. And Elisha was um, in a field, you know, with a plow. And Elijah come throw his coat on top of him. And Elijah just shut it down. Elijah shut it down and started following him. Became his, his wonderful servant. Well, there was a rumor going around that God was going to take Elijah out of the earth. So Elijah's following him. And so the prophets of Jericho said, hey, I heard that you, uh, your boss is going home. He said, shut up. Leave me alone. I ain't going. Elijah said, why don't you stay here? Elijah he said, no. Well, you go, I'll go. And then another thing happened to him. Elijah was going over to Bethel. And he said, why don't you just stay here? And he said, no, no, where you go, I go. So the prophets of Jericho and the prophets of Bethel were saying the same thing, right? All of you listen to me. All the prophets, everybody you're seeing, we should be saying the same thing. And what are those things? The words of God. Past, present, future. Learned. Learning and to be learned. Okay, I want to say that. He said, if you see me go up, you can get whatever you want. So he saw him go up and he said, what do you want from me? And I was telling Derek in the back. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He did not say, I want a double portion of your anointing. You see, ladies and gentlemen, what attracts people to you is your spirit. What keeps them there is your anointing. Write that down. That'll help you. What attracted people to Elijah because he was the head of a prophet school. Okay? Was his spirit. That's why they were attracted to John the Baptist. Pulled off because he had the spirit of Elijah. Oh man, he pulled a whole city out to hear him preach the gospel and then have one miracle in his ministry. What attracted them? His spirit. Elijah's spirit attracted him. 
but Elijah's anointing kept him. So when Elisha saw him go up, he received a double portion of Elijah's spirit. So the first test of that is coming back to where he's got Elijah's mantle. There's 50 prophets on the other side of the river doing this. Watch him. What is he going to do? He walks up to the river Jordan. He takes that mantle and he hits it. Bam! The Jordan opens up. What do the prophets say? The spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. The spirit attracted the prophets to Elisha. And Elisha's anointing kept him and became the head of that prophet school. Which Gehazi was a part of. Do you see that? I'm pulling this all together here. Now when you understand that, you understand what God is talking about. You see, so your spirit will attract people. Your anointing will keep them. Unless you change your mind. Unless you... What does this mean to you? You see somebody, they go, they go. Well, they flipped. My Kathy has hand gestures. When I try to talk to her, she says, talk to the hand. I said, but listen to me. She says, call waiting. <laughs> so there's ways in which to shut you down, you know. Elisha is a nice man. Watch this. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8. And it fell on the day, I'm reading out the old King James Version, that Elisha passed the Shunem, where it was a great woman. So women can be great. And she constrained him to eat some bread or have some dinner. And so it was that as he passed by, he turned in to eat bread. Verse 9, she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. That's, a, that's 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 9, now verse 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Let us set for him there a bed and a, and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he come to us that he shall turn in there and just rest. Verse 11, it fell on that day that he came and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Now watch now. Now Gehazi is part of the prophet's school because Elisha's spirit has attracted him and Elisha's anointing is keeping him. But Gehazi is a flip-flopper. Watch this. Uh, Elisha don't know that. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have had him be in that school. There's a lot of things God don't tell everybody. Watch this. Verse 12, he said to Gehazi, call the Shumanite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. He said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? What is thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. In other words, she said, I don't need that. You need to give me nothing. You know, I'm taking care of it. Verse 14, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. He said to her, Call her, and when he had called her, she stood in the door. Verse 16, he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. <laughs> you know, you say something to a woman, she don't know if that's true. Don't you lie to me. Because this lady wants a baby. Well, we know she has the baby. 
The boy grows up. Accidents happen. Verse 18, when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. He fell down, hurt himself. He said to the lad, carry him to, the, to his mother. And when he had taken him, brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. That's probably the worst tragedy in the world is when you lose a child. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Oh, she knew what anointing was. Shut the door upon him and went out. Verse 22, I'm going to read a little scripture. She called to her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, now watch this. The father's trying to stop it. Wherefore would thou go unto him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. Ooh. She could have said, somebody could have said, well, sweet, God's giving you the grace. Bury your boy and just go on. But she's not living by grace. She's living by faith. She tells her husband, I don't care if he, in his essence, I'm a paraphrase, I don't care if he is dead. It shall be well. Now, I believe in the grace message. I'm But you live by grace because you, the reason why you have grace is because you live by faith. And you can go read that. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. Watch the next verse. So I don't frustrate the grace of God. See, so you see how that's connected. She said, it shall be well. I want to go to verse 27. When she came to verse 27, to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone. For her soul is vexed with her, within her. And the Lord had hid it from me. Oh, so now Elisha don't know. And hath not told me. That happens. And then she said, this is a woman. Did I desire son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? So you tell a woman something, you better tell her the truth because she ain't forgetting. <laughs> Verse 29. He said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins and take my staff, underline that in your scripture, in thine hand, and go thy way, and if thou meet any man, salute him not. No, you ain't got time to be talking to people. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. You ain't got time for that. Lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as holy, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. She said, I ain't going nowhere unless you come with me. I can understand that Kathy's like that. She said, uh, I, she tells me, you ain't going nowhere without me. She said, I got to live to 123. The Bible said you got a promise of 120 years. I said, Kathy, that's past the word of God. She said, yeah, but you're just going to have to stay. Because you ain't going nowhere without me. I'll make it to 120. You get to 123, then both of us just fall down and die. <laughs> If Jesus tarries. Watch this. Verse 31. Gehazi passed on before then, laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. The title of this message today is The Wrong Man with the Right Stick. The Wrong Man with the Right Stick. Now that's the top of the message. Let me read a little bit more. When, verse 32, when Elijah came to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door upon them and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and, and lay upon the child and out of his mouth, upon his, put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hand. 
He stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the, in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. He called Gehazi and said, Call this Shumanite. So he called her, and when she was come into him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed herself to the ground, and took up her son and went out. Why didn't the stick work? He was a representative of Elisha. There was power in that stick, just like there was power in that rod when Moses cast it down before Pharaoh. The wrong man. He had been around his prophet. You can be around great people of God and yet not receive what they're saying because of intellectual activity, because of range and research, because of induction and reasoning. Your mind trying to figure something out. When your mind has nothing to do with this, it's your spirit that transforms your mind to understand what the power in the stick is. Write this down. The staff is of no use if the spirit and power of the person using it is lacking. See, Gehazi was lacking. The staff is of no use if the spirit and power of the person using it is lacking. You'll find out later on that leprosy followed Gehazi and his family because he did terrible things. Now, why didn't Elisha fire him? Because he didn't know. I have hired some people that I just thought would still be with me and they had to fire them. I didn't hire them to fire them. They broke covenant. But God didn't tell me they were going to do that. He used me to give them a chance to, to, to do right. Do it because it's right and do it right. The staff is of no use if the spirit and power of the person using it is lacking. See, divine power works not blindly, but according to sacred laws. So that's what Gehazi didn't understand. He just put the stick on it and said, okay, do your thing. No, no, he didn't understand what was in that stick. He didn't understand the power of his boss. The blind, let me say, divine power works not blindly, but according to sacred laws. See, what makes our nation a nation is laws. See, the bad man spoil whatever he touches. No life could come to that son. That woman's prayer request could not be answered because Gehazi, Gehazi was spoiling that power. See what I'm saying? Because he just thought, well, I can do anything. He, he was not following his spiritual father. You got it? The staff is good. The hand that holds it is bad. Write that down. The staff is good, but the hand that holds it is bad. That staff's got power, but Gehazi's hand is bad. You see? He's spoiling everything. Elisha gave him the exact, he said, just do this and it will work. So let me say that again. The staff is of no use if the spirit and power of the person using it is lacking. I said, divine power works not blindly, but according to sacred laws. I said, the bad man spoils whatever he touches. And then I said, the staff is good. The hand that holds it is bad. So he comes out and makes that. That declaration, the boy, nothing's happening. Now write this down. To give life, or you want an answer? To give life, a person must have life. 
and have it in, in its purity and abundance. To give life, a person must have life and have it in its purity and abundance. In other words, you've got to have more than what you need, more than enough. To the full, till it overflows. So when I have an opportunity to give, whether it's tithe, first fruit, alms, or seed, I am doing that. Why? Because I want to. Because I know what it will bring back. I'm not shooting the dice, hope that it might come back. To give life, a person must have life. And have it in its purity and abundance. I'm going to use Greg Peace. When I prayed for you and you had that cancer in your throat and the doctor said you wasn't going to make it. Am I correct? Do this so people know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But I had life in me. Not bragging. And I said, and I asked Greg, do you want to live or do you want to die? Now, you know, that's kind of a hard statement to ask somebody to come to pray for you. You want to live or you want to die? But we're not dealing with the COVID. We're not dealing with a flu or a cold. We're dealing with cancer here. Who comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now, if that's not satanic, I don't know what it is. But I had some life in me. And it was in the form of health. So I would sow healing. And I get health. And out of sowing healing, he got health. Do you see? That's why I love believing in healing. Why they're sick people is so you can pray for them so you never get sick yourself. Because the, 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 the harvest of the healing is health. You see? But you got to have life to give life. And have it in its purity and its abundance. That's why I will not disappoint you. And I'm not saying take heed. When, I know what you're thinking. Take heed when a man thinks he's standing lest he fall. I'm not standing in my strength. I'm standing in the strength of God Almighty. You see, I demand and then I command. I demand the devil get your hand off anything I got and I command the word of God to come back. And then God will come to me and say, command me, Jesse. Command ye me concerning my word. Oh, man, when he first told me that, I know that scripture. Jesus, I don't think I, command me. Then he say, ask. I demand by his stripes I'm healed and I command that healing to manifest in the health. Now you ain't going to get that unless you have life in you or something to work with. The right hand and the right stick. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize how much life you have to give? If you're born again, you receive the abundant life of Jesus Christ. And God gave you your own unique spirit and anointing to accomplish your great purpose. You have purpose in life. When you stay right with God and use his power the right way, miracles happen. That was the problem with Gehazi. See, he didn't stay right. He had the miracle stick, but he was the wrong man to carry it. So you've got to do right because it is right. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Gehazi was a flip-flopper, and that's why Elisha's staff didn't work. The stick was good. The power was there, but Gehazi's hands was bad. Isn't that something? The wrong man with the right stick. Think about how many people you may know right now that you see that that's the wrong man with the right stick or the wrong person with the right stick. Think about that for a minute. I want to answer a question that I received from a viewer the other day. His name is John. He writes this. I love hearing stories about how God saved you so many times, even before you were born again. What is your earliest experience with God? Well, I tell you, that's amazing, John. First thing for, you know, I mean, God always was around me. Now, I didn't know any of that. But when I was about nine years old, I'll never forget. 
I mean, I had a dream and I, and I saw a man's face going across the clouds like thunderstorms. And he said, fear God, boy, fear God. And it was the Lord sent me that dream because I didn't fear nothing, even at nine years old. Man, it, it shook me up. So, uh, so I went and tell my mama and, and my, of course, my mama, she said, uh, you know, she was always religious. I thought she, I called it the God stuff. I said, woman's crazy, you know, in my way of thinking, even at nine years old, she said, God is trying to tell you something, Jesse. You don't fear nothing. You don't fear God. You don't fear anything. That was really actually my first experience, I believe, with God right there. And uh, now, I mean, that bothered me. But no more than about two days, three days later, I forgot about it, you know, because I just didn't care. Uh, you know, I was a fear, you know, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. But God was trying to do something for me to show me something, but I wouldn't accept it. Isn't that something? I hope I answered that question for you, John. Stay right there. I'll be back in just a moment. And we got some great things that we want to show you. Watch this and be blessed now. There's a world that needs to be saved. Our mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus to that world. That is why we here at Jesse the Planet's Ministries believe the unbelievable and operate in the impossible. God is continuing to direct us to expand our outreach to more people in more places and through more ways than ever before. We are advancing into the frontiers of ministry to change more lives through one simple question. Do you know Jesus. Listen to me, it is beginning. The light of Jesus is shining higher and brighter and further than ever. People from all over are responding to the message of Jesus. Nothing can stop the light of God's love from reaching people and changing lives. Did you know that doubt is a habit? Yes, it is. You aren't born a doubter. You learn to doubt over time. In my book, I Never Learned to Doubt, you will learn something. And what is that? To go back in time and regain what was lost so that you can enjoy more peace, more joy, more favor, and more blessing. The wonder of faith is a pure thing. It's a childlike thing. And faith is the only thing that God responds to. When you never learn to doubt, life is so much better. I never learned to doubt. It's my new book. Get it today. I hope you're enjoying the message today. And I tell you what, I love my book, I Never Learned to Doubt. It's one of my favorite, I believe, I've ever wrote because it's so, it's me. Because I know nothing about that doubt at all. I say it all the time. Doubt is a form of mental anemia. If you're ready to keep the faith and receive everything God has for you, I encourage you to get yourself a copy. Doubt 
is, is unconscious atheism. When you doubt God's word, you doubt that he exists. How do you know that, Brother Jesse? Well, St. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. See, so when you doubt God's word, you doubt that he exists. It's an unconscious form of atheism. This book will change your life. How do I get it? Just go to jdm.org and order it today. It's our may offer you will be blessed by it. Now I want to ask you a question. Have you downloaded our free, notice I said free, free JDM app? The app gives you access to hundreds of messages by me and Kathy. Our wonderful online programs and all of our live events. We do a lot of stuff here and we do it for you. Wherever you are, you can stream everything, anytime, anywhere, on the JDM app. And I mean that sincerely. And they really work well on that JDM app. And I'm excited about this. We've also added a JDM Spanish playlist. Download it today and you'll be blessed. Partners, I can't thank you enough for what you do for this ministry. Your faithful financial support is so vitally important to reach people, change lives, one soul at a time. I'm going to say it again over and over. 47 years of preaching this gospel, we've never had a financial deficit. That's because of you. Say, I trust you. You trust me. We both trust God, and we get this job done. Nothing too small, nothing too big. We got some big projects going on constantly, you know. People all the time ask me, when are you going to retire? Don't look like I'm, I'm ever going to retire. Every time I think or get close, God gives me more projects to do, and I will do the work. I will not be lazy with your seed. I will reach people. You send me $1,000, I get 1,000 people saved. Not paying for them because I put 100% of that in the world evangelism. Me and Kathy's debt-free. I mean, we're already taken care of. There ain't nothing, nothing. We don't need nothing. But I'll take a billion for this ministry to get a billion people saved. Don't miss next week, okay? This is Jester saying I love you. See you. Bye-bye. I am so excited about our May partner offer, The Wrong Man with the Right Stick. I want to tell you something. This will change your life. It will open your mind to receive things, and it will answer questions why sometimes things don't work. You need to get it. Go to jdm.org. You'll be blessed. It's our May partner offer, The Wrong Man with the Right Stick. Get it today. You'll learn something. Okay? See ya. I believe that God has placed within each one of us a deep desire to live a better life. Whether it's a life free from pain, fear, or lack of any kind, God wants to bring that to pass for you. In my book, You Are Designed for Glorious Living, you'll discover how to achieve the better life God has for you. You know, long before you took your first breath, God had designs on you for glorious living. You are designed for glorious living. Available at JDM.org. Be encouraged with godly insight and wisdom as you stream the Jesse Duplantis Ministries podcast. Jesus said, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. You come boldly to the throne of grace. Each newly uploaded teaching by Jesse and Kathy will strengthen your faith and inspire you to live a prosperous life in Jesus Christ. Start walking in victory with just a click of a button. Subscribe to the JDM podcast today.
When Bircher leaves the person with the stick in Gehazi didn't have any, the stick becomes dead. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we have to learn to be spirit every day. We should be growing to the fullness of the stature of Christ 